And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, doing research, trying to figure out what I need to do to be a successful entrepreneur. How about you? Damn, I need some help. I know. I made a list for you, bro. I made a list. Now, before we get into that, a couple things going to take care of here. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Crown CFO. Crown CFO offers fractional CFO services for any size of business. Get the impact of a CFO for a fraction of the cost. So check this out. Go to Crown CFO forward slash hustle and you can learn more about them. So back to the show, Matt. All right. What do we need to do? What do we need to do to be successful? So I know there's a lot of things we need to do, but how about the qualities that we need to exemplify as entrepreneurs to make it to the top? I, and, you know, actually, before we get into that list, do you notice that of people that you might consider to be successful, that they have similar qualities? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're, they're definitely not people that sit around on the back porch drinking beer and bitching about shit nonstop. It's definitely I not those people. true. Unless it's me and you. you. I mean, sometimes it's me and say, you. Are, wait, wait are, you, are you drinking a beer right now? <laughs> no, this is coffee. Dude. Oh, okay. I mean, you, you are the one that t- taught me that if you're going to drink all day, you have to start early. There are so, definitely qualities I, that successful people don't have for sure. Yeah, but yeah if you no, want to be successful and you want to drink all day, you've got to start early. Yeah, those two don't really go together, by the way. But, you know, you talk about the, I, I think success is not a mystery. I think a lot of people have figured this out. And, you know, when it comes to success, you have to start by defining success. So what is that? And, you know, I think too many people only hang the money or income tag around success. And I don't think that's the only defining factor. I mean, there's a lot of different things that, you know, you can be very successful doing a lot of different things that don't um, come down to income. But today we're going to talk about specifically, uh, we're not going to talk about entrepreneurs or you're saying that they don't, it doesn't always have to do with money. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think a lot of things we're going to talk about are about just being successful in life. I mean, they're just things we try and teach our kids, right? Like, don't be an asshole is one of them. But there are several other, you know, traits that are just important traits for being successful in life, just period. Sure. Now we're going to narrow this down. We're going to go with eight that come with successful entrepreneurs. But I do believe that many of the things on this list are, like we said, just positive qualities. Now, as we get into this, you know, some of these things you can train and you can try to improve out. And then some of these things just exist in a person. And I think that that's fair. So like, you know, and and before we get into this, well, you know what, let's just get into it. So number one, being passionate. 
we've talked about this so much on the show in the past. If you are not passionate about the problem you're solving, the business that you're starting, the cause that you're representing or anything, then nothing great is probably going to come out of it. And I think you're probably likely to quit when things get tough. Well, I think you got to be passionate and you got to be borderline obsessive. And the reason why is it's, you know, like you said, when things are tough, it, it keeps you going and keeps you moving. But, you know, if I look back at my own, my own past, you know, event solutions, I don't know if I'd ever say I was really passionate about car dealerships and software for car dealerships, right? Like, that's not like a life passion. But, but it was, I really enjoyed the company, I really enjoyed the product, and I was passionate about that. But I wasn't necessarily passionate about car dealers or car dealers. I think you were passionate about the, but like you said, the technology. Yeah. And many, and for those that don't know Matt's history, Matt's the founder of, or was one of the co-founders of Venn Solutions, which had a very successful exit in what, 2012? Was it? 2011. That 2012? 2011. So, you know, with that, you guys were on the cutting edge of a lot of cloud computing stuff and things that in 2011, uh, were very ahead of the game. Now, in 2020, there are things that we almost expect to occur in certain tech, tech stacks and stuff like that. But I think you were really passionate about it. When I hear you talk about a lot of it, I think you're also passionate about the people, some of the people that you worked with and yeah, absolutely. That you built. So right. you took a lot of pride. And we've talked about that, like the number of jobs that were created and stuff like that. Is it- absolutely. And I, and I think the the harder things are for your startup, which they're always hard, the even more important it is for you to be passionate about what it is you do. And I'm not saying I wasn't yeah, passionate about it. I'm just saying there's, you know, there's there's a little bit of a disconnect and a fine line between like, you know, I'm passionate about creating software and I'm passionate about solving a problem and helping our customers. But, you know, some of us may actually do it in an industry that we don't have a deep experience in. And maybe we're not absolutely crazy about that industry but we can still be really passionate about what we do well i think that actually i feel like you just kind of hit the ball over the net to me here this nice little lob and volley here because i'm passionate about building businesses and you know i i'm going to leave it that general and that's one of the things i actually enjoy about being the ceo and and your co-founders with you at full scale is we get to work with a lot of different businesses sometimes some closer than others. uh, And we help them solve problems and, you know, build teams and do stuff like that. I like helping getting people, helping other people get what they want. And, you know, I think when you do that, you end up getting what you want. As far as other things, being passionate, uh, I just like building stuff, you know, and, and, and making things that matter. Um, sometimes they, you build them and you're like, Oh, this doesn't really matter. And then sometimes you build it. You're like, wow, we're really on to something. But I think if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then it's doomed. So, well, number one, passion, got to be passionate. You want to take number two, you know, number two, I feel like this has got to be one of the most important ones because, you know, if you're a good entrepreneur, you've also got to be a good leader and you got to get people to rally behind you and follow you. And you can't do that without confidence. So number two on our list here is confidence. And think about Elon Musk for a second. He's like, we're going to build rockets and go to space. You know, you don't hire like thousands of people 
to go on this crazy mission unless they don't believe in their leader can actually accomplish this stuff, right? Like a lot of entrepreneurs set some crazy goals, crazy admiration of like, we're going to do some big thing. And they've got to have confidence in front of everybody else who, you know, a lot of times are just normal average people that don't think near as big. But you got to exude that confidence and remind everybody on a daily basis that we can do this shit. As a team, we're going to do some big thing. And that confidence is really important. I think there's a trickle down effect when it comes to confidence, because obviously, if you're not confident in yourself, the likelihood that you're going to have a successful outcome is is a lot lower. And, you know, it's just that general belief. If you don't believe in yourself, how are you going to get other people to believe exactly. in you and whatever it is that you're doing as someone that. Uh, I, I love speaking to groups of people, especially people in our own organization. And, you know, sometimes I, I'll talk when I go when I go to our office in Cebu City in the Philippines and I'll speak to the whole group, you know, like I'm talking two different crowds, 100 people each. They'll, people come up to me, you're, you're so confident in our vision. I'm like, well, I believe in it. Yeah. You know, I believe in what we're doing. I believe in you. I believe in myself. I believe that we have problems. And I confidently believe that we will solve them. And that is an infectious quality that if it doesn't exist now, now here's the question is, can, you know, confidence is something that you accumulate, but is it something that like, I just, I might actually be confident to a fault on some days and, you know, your strength can also be your weakness. Yeah. So do you think you can train people to be more confident? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, there are just some people that just have no confidence in their self. Like, you know, you go to McDonald's and the girl working behind the counter is just kind of looking down like, I can have you. You're like, yeah, not going to do big things in life. Like not with this sense of confidence. Like you just, they just don't have it. Like some people just don't have it. Right. And I, I think you get it. I think a lot of people get it within a specific range, you know, yeah. and you can increase it to some point. But yeah, I, I think when it comes to being an entrepreneur, so much of it is like you mentioned, you talk about Elon Musk. Or, hey, we're going to shoot rockets into space. Hey, we're going to launch 42,000 satellites into Earth orbit and create a massive web to launch the Internet worldwide. Absolutely. And you're sitting there going, you're going, yeah, I know. But the thing is, is like, I mean, really? Well, you, That's a lot. It's a lofty goal. Well, you've heard me say a couple of these things before a few times. You know, employees always want to know if we're winning or losing. And part of that is is I always say as a leader, part of my job is, is to be the cheerleader, right? It's to go around and tell everybody we're doing a good job. We're going to accomplish this. Life is good. We're winning. We're going to continue to win. Keep fighting the fight. Like it's building confidence and and letting everybody know like we're doing OK. Things are good. Life is good. People, you know, people really struggle, you know, as employees with stability and negativity and things like that. And, and part of our job as a leader is to build that confidence and stability and success, sense of success, sense of accomplishment, all those things. And a lot of that comes from confidence. It's building confidence in the team. You know, I have something else I'd want, I want to add under the confidence tab here. As, as I've gotten older and gained more experience as an entrepreneur, I've learned to almost take the pulse of my own confidence. It's that listen to your gut thing. And I found that at the times when I hear screaming in my own head, this isn't going to work, that it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, it's that kind of trust your gut kind of yeah, thing. Absolutely. And I find that if I, if, I, if I can't get over that, 
then I shouldn't be doing it. I just should like, it's, it's a huge signal flare. So that, and I have, I've had a hard time with that in life. I think a lot of people do because we often want to be overly confident and optimistic. I think there's a big difference between optimistic and realist, like, you know, being realistic. Mm-hmm. So trust your gut. All right. Next on the list, creative. Now, I think a lot of people, when they're going to hear the word creative, they're going to think, do you know how to paint? Do you know how to do graphic design? Do you know how to, you know, do this? It's all this visual, or do you know how to write a book? I think if, when it comes to being creative, I think I also associate this with the word clever. Can you be creative and find a solution? And, you know, for me, that's, you know, and that let's talk about that, that co-founder dynamic as well, because I have a different type of creativity than you have, but we're both very creative. You, uh, you have a, a, a tech technological creativity, writing code and doing stuff like that. And then I do stuff like dream up a podcast that we have to record 350 episodes of, (laughs) but but it's a different sense of creative. And I think that being creative and that, you know, for me, that's, I mean, something that I think has worked out for me is that as I, I chase a lot, I I jump down a lot of creative rabbit holes, some of which I make it out of alive. Uh, But you gotta be, you have to be ready. So I think this is a good one to have after confidence too, because if you have confidence, then you're going to feel better about taking some creative risks and chances. And this could be, I think this is everything from problem solving to things like marketing. Where, where is, are you creative? Well, so first of all, I can't even draw stick figures very well. I can't either. But what you mentioned earlier and you didn't, you didn't use the word, you know, I'm going to throw out there is being innovative and You know, a lot of times being clever as an entrepreneur is about being innovative and building a new product, a new business model, a new go-to-market strategy, how to solve a cash crisis, uh, whatever. You know, it's about being clever. And, um, you know, for Elon Musk, we go back to him, for example, clever for him was like, how do we land a rocket back on Earth? Like, that was clever, right? You're like, okay. Innovative. Okay. Yep. You you have one-upped all of humanity. Congratulations. You know how to land rockets back on Earth, but we're setting the bar really high in yeah. this episode. By the way, we've got to launch rockets. We have Starlink satellites. We have—I mean, it's all yeah. Elon Musk. We should try to get him on the show. But a lot of times, um, you know, a lot of my team employees and team members, you know, one thing they always notice about me is just being clever with code and programming, like figuring out simple solutions to things that seem complicated. And that's one of the things I've always been good at with technology is people overcomplicate every damn thing, and I'm like. Nah, there's an easy way to do this shit. Hold on, watch my beer. Hold my beer. I got this. I I think uh, I, I think another thing when it comes to creativity is your ability to figure out how to work with like other partners, clients. Uh, sometimes even the people or co-founders you bring in are possibly investors. You know, it's like not everything has to go from A to B. And you know, sometimes if you figure out if you by being creative, you can figure out what other people want and what everyone needs. All right, what do we have next on the list? Okay, you know, this is a hard one, I gotta admit. The next one on our list is being disciplined. That's a tough one. I agree. This is a tough one, and and as an entrepreneur, a lot of times we know, not even just as an entrepreneur, just as a human being, we know what we need to do. Like, 
we need to get exercise. We need to not eat, you know, junk food and, you know, not smoke, not drink, not like do a lot of things. Right. But we're human and we don't have the discipline to do them. And they, the same thing goes into business, right? There's certain things we know for business that, you know, like when you do a better job of training our people or having one-on-ones and management and blah, 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 a thousand, read all the business books. They tell you a thousand things you're supposed to do and we don't do most of them, right? It's just from a discipline perspective, it's so hard to every day be perfect and do all the things you're supposed to do. It's just really difficult. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is one that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. And I think that it's very broad. So, you know, self-discipline is doing the things that you need to do at the times that you want to do them the least. And I think that, I mean, I think that's someone defined self-discipline for me as that like 20 years ago, and it, it always stuck, um, you know, getting up, being consistent, doing things, but for me at this point, being disciplined is more about the things that I don't do than the things that I do. Cause you know, and, and I'm picking on myself as I've gotten older at 45 years old, there's a lot of things that, you know, and you and I talk about this as, as co-founders sometimes is like, when do we have entrepreneurial ADD? Right. And when do we not, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, it's for me, it's about, like I said, it's about the things that I don't do, the things that I cut out. It's about saying no to more stuff. And sometimes, all right. So then other things too. So let's talk about the, the discipline nature of creating partnerships or doing some of the investments that we've done. Cause we are entrepreneurs with several other companies that we've invested in and if you want to learn more about what Matt and I do at FullScale, go to FullScale.io. But we've invested over a million dollars in the last year in other software companies. And that means that we have to talk to a lot. We have to talk to a lot of people. We have to look at a lot of opportunities and we have to have the discipline to say this could be good and this couldn't. And I think the same thing goes with just our business in general. Like, you know, COVID-19 threw some curveballs at us and we had to have some discipline to you know, you, you would add, a couple months ago, it'd say, what are, how's the company doing? The company will be fine. We have to just have some discipline and wait for things to slow down and chill out. And sometimes that's hard to do. I mean, when it comes to discipline, what's the thing that you have the hardest, what, what's the hardest part of that for you? You know, one of the things I've always struggled with the most is as a person, either doing the work or managing the work. And especially as a software developer, it's easier to just want to do the work. Like I'm going to go write code. I'm going to go solve a problem. Everybody leave me alone versus managing the work and managing the team and managing everybody else and leading and doing all the managerial bullshit that people don't really enjoy doing. Um, It's a lot easier to like hide in the corner somewhere in the dark and just go write code, which is way more fun than all the other stuff that we don't enjoy, like managerial crap. And that's hard. And it, and as a software developer, that's really hard. Um, and that's been a struggle I've just had forever. Yeah, I think for myself, it's just reminding myself at many moments, this isn't the highest value activity you could be doing right now. And I think that that, you know, and I even wrote about this at, you know, in Balance Me, you know, you have your personal, professional and physical life. And everything you choose to do has value. And the thing, and 
some things don't have values. So the question is, is can you train yourself to always do the highest value activity? The answer to that is no, but you can attempt. So, you know, and sometimes as an entrepreneur, that also means not working. Yeah. Like that's like a sense of discipline. And, and that's the whole premise of, of balance me. It's like, Hey, look, if you spend 90% of your time working, your physical life and your personal life are going to fall to pieces. And then it's going to create a level of distraction and everything else that is going to make it very difficult to be disciplined in any regard. So and I think another thing too, and this kind of brings me back to reminding everyone that Crown CFO, the sponsor of today's episode, offers fractional CFO services for businesses of any size. And you can get the impact of a CFO for a fraction of the cost. But like having the discipline to not try to do things that you're not ready for, like a company like Crown CFO, like we actually use them. That's how this sponsorship arrangement came out. Go to Crown CFO forward slash hustle. But, you know, that, those were some of the things as our company grew quickly, all of a sudden we started looking, we're like, okay, we're way past needing an accountant. Yeah. We need to have someone that does stuff. And we looked at ourselves and we had to, you know, we tried we took it one. to the, well, we took it to the limit. Yeah. We took it to the limit, like we're to the point where we're like, we need to get some more help in here. Cause we're just talking with ourselves, our COO, everyone else. We're like, okay, we're, we're maxed out on our own domain knowledge here. And by having that discipline to actually, and the dif discipline and confidence to say, we're not good at that. Sometimes confidence is about saying, Hey, I'm not good at it, which brings us to the next item on our list, being humble. I'm the humblest person I know, Matt. That's not a humble statement, but well, this is, this is, this is tough for many entrepreneurs, because we are ego driven, confidence hogs on many days. I so, think some are, uh, and then maybe, and maybe most good leaders, though, are better leaders when they're humble. That doesn't mean they can't be good leaders when they're not, but everybody prefers to work with people that are more down to earth, more humble. I've worked with people before that are just raging egomaniacs that just want their name and bright lights they want to ring the bell on wall street they don't care who they kill along the way and excuse the vision yeah and and nobody likes working for those people now there are some people that do that are that similar personality style i guess but not a lot of people do and people would rather work for somebody who's just the guy next door humble and um i live next door uh, to Min Cao, who's a farmer, uh, who was the uh, founder of Garmin, the navigation company. And people, every time I ever see somebody and I talk to them about Min Cao, they, that's the story they always say. He's like, oh, he was just the nicest guy. I'd see him in the elevator. He knew my name. He was just so down to earth. He was so humble. Like, like those are very attractive uh, qualities for an entrepreneur, um, probably more so from a team building perspective and a company building cultural perspective. Because the exact opposite of that, I think, can be very toxic. So here's here's where the items on our list begin to conflict with each other when it comes to just natural personality styles. Confidence and humble aren't compatible in, on many days. And I'll use myself as an example. So I, I, I often am referred to as being confident, to some overly confident, and it's easy to mistake 
arrogance and confidence, and it depends on who is actually making that call, right? So one of the things that I, you know, I can, I always try to work on is eating a large bite of humble pie when and where you can, because you don't know, like you're, like I said, your confidence can easily be mistaken for arrogance by some people. And that's something like the, you mentioned men cow and these other, other qualities that people have. There's, there's a quality of likability that Mm -hmm. I think goes in this humble category. And that, and I am so fascinated. So I, I, I have, it's fair to say that some people love me and some people don't. And that's just the way I am. And, but so with that, I have a fascination with people that are likable, like the kind of person that could tell you that your baby is ugly and they're so likable that you're like, thank you for that input. I'll do something when I have the next baby, I'll try to make it look better. You know, but there are some people that are so likable that you just want to get behind them. And, you know, I'm not saying they're, you're probably not going to stay likable by calling people's babies ugly, but yeah, that that's a quality that goes it goes over well. You mentioned that egomaniacal approach. If you're sitting around going, I am the greatest entrepreneur ever. Eh, people aren't going to want to work with you. Not really. Right. That's toxic. It, you had some, you've had some experience with that in the past, haven't you? I've had a couple of business partners that were this way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did they have, what did, and, and I'll let you, I'll let you roll into the next item on our list. But I have a feeling that lack of being humble did not go well or did not did not uh, have much to do with the next item on the list. You know, what's you know, what's weird is there's just different personalities of people. Right. And so a couple, you know, one of the business partners I had was a big was very ego driven, but he worked more in sales and salespeople, I think, just kind of more aligned with his style and his personality style right but the rest you have, of it, you have to have you have to be overly confident yeah because you hear no like no 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 so you yeah. have to have like a, a a level of like resilience to get past that otherwise you just start believing the lie which is yeah. no yeah but then but then you know it's one thing to go out on stage and be the sales leader and you know get everybody you know amped up and all that and then be able to go back behind closed doors and be like just a nice, humble human being. And some people just yeah. aren't. <laughs> so I get, well, would you, would you, would, would you like to, would you like to uh, unleash number six on our list for yeah. the listeners? Then? So the next one is great people skills. And I think this definitely is, is very similar to, to the being humble and, and its personality. And the, the big thing here for me is communication. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, your employees want to know how you're doing, how they can help. Are we winning or losing, you know, going around and trying to, you know, build everybody up and keep them motivated. And, and communication is so critical in business. It's just, uh, it's kind of the, um, one of the, there's a book called the speed of trust. and, And I definitely feel like that's a huge component of this too. It's like the communication and trust, the people skills, that you have with your team are super important. Yeah, I agree. I think when, when you hear great people skills, this, there's a lot of different ways this can go. Um, for someone as a leader, I, 
anybody that I work with, I'm always quickly trying to figure out if they're the kind of person that needs to be pushed or pulled. And these are two different right. kinds of yep. people. And, you know, so like I, you can pull me, but if you push me in the certain, certain ways, you won't get a favorable result. Now, sometimes you will, sometimes you won't, but pushing and pulling is like, Hey, Hey Matt, come on, let's do this together. I know that we can get this done and know that we're going to win. Okay. That's pull push is like, Hey Matt, dude, look, we've talked about this. You got to get your shit together, man. Like you're becoming a liability. <laughs> that's a push, you know? And that's, and, but, but the thing is, is some people will respond to that really well. Cause you wouldn't want to hear that. You, I've heard you say, I don't want to be the blocker. You've said that before, like in just in things that we've been working on. And you, if I said what I just said to you, that like you, I could push or pull you. Some people, that's a rare quality. A lot of people don't have that. Some people are usually respond well to the push or the pull. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is if you, if you, if some, if you have a person that responds better to a pull mechanism than a push and you push them, it can start to get nasty. Well, I think in general, you're, you're spot on of the great people skills uh, and, and just man managing people, you know, you got to understand the different personalities of the people that work for you. And, um, you know, I was on a, on a call this morning and I'm on a call with one of my employees. who I know has weird ass personality and everybody knows it and everybody just knows how to deal with them because that's just how they are. Right. And, uh, you just have to know those people on your team and know how to deal with them. And, and that's one of the struggles of being a manager is just knowing, you, you can't treat everybody differently. And it's like, if you have kids, you know, like all of your kids are different too. And you treat your kids different. Um, that it just takes the, the people skills. So that person you just mentioned, we don't have to get too far into that. Is that a push or a pull? Um, it's a push. You got to tell them what to do. Okay. Right. But, but when you know that, that, that actually makes you, that that is people skills understanding how people react and you know another thing that we haven't mentioned i think it's being a good listener and absolutely you know i i am a self-admitted talker and sometimes too much but i really in my in the dialogue in my own head often say like okay this is time to listen 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 cuz the people that you're going to work with whether they're your employees or your customers are usually shouting, not, not literally yelling, but their comments and their actions and their inputs and all of that are telling you what you need to do as a leader, then the problem you need to solve. Now you talk about being a salesperson, um, having great people skills in this regard, like you will never find a better listener on many days in Matt DeCourcy than when I'm trying to sell something. Cause I have to listen to what a, a, what a customer or a client is telling me, what's the problem that you need to solve? How can I make your life easier? And then you have to know to shut up and listen. And, you know, the th one of the things, and I've had a problem with this myself, especially earlier in my entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey, is if the people that you're working around don't feel that you're listening to them and they're mute, then they they lose confidence in everything on this list. They lose confidence in your confidence. They lose confidence in the vision. They just don't feel, they don't feel you're humble, all of that. So that can really deteriorate. Now, 
It's time to move on to number seven. And this is one, there's a lot of different words for this. You Now you hinted at this at, at the first on the list, but resilient. Yeah. Okay. So do you have the tenacity? Are you, can you get punched in the face and keep fighting? Everybody has because a plan until it, they get punched in the face. Right. At what point do we have to pay Mike Tyson royalties for quoting him on that so much? Mm. But, but it's true. So, so this goes back to that whole passion. And I think that if you're not passionate about something, your level of your resiliency meter is going to show a very low reading. And, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. Nope. And if you're not a resilient person, it's probably going to chew you up and spit you out. Like what, what's, do you have a, do you have a, a, a story of resilience or obsession or anything that you can bring up? Yeah. I think a good example of this was in the early days of InSolutions, we had problems with one of my, uh, one of the business partners and decided to part ways with this person. And then that created a whole bunch of legal drama and challenges and all these things that happened. And it was definitely a time where you sit around every day and you're like, just don't know what, what the fuck's going to happen. What's up? What's down? What's the future of this company? Like I've worked so hard on this that it all just get destroyed. And the only way you make it through those weird times is with some resiliency, right? The same thing, like when 2008, 2009, when that recession happened, and even now with with COVID-19, it's, it takes some resiliency as a business owner and entrepreneur to figure out how do we get through this? Um, and it seems like every few years, there's some sort of calamity here that, that happens these days, but, uh, it's inevitable, right? Um, you know, as the economy has ups and downs and all that stuff changes and as a leader, you definitely, that requires a different kind of resiliency than the kind of just day to day of dealing with business. Um, but yeah, I've been through a couple interesting times that required a lot of resiliency. Well, I, I think COVID-19 created a world of resiliency yeah. for a lot of people. And, you know, I'll, we were, were sharing some examples. I mean, with full scale, we went through this. So, you know, at in March of this year, I was in the Philippines. And if you listen to the series that I recorded about the Corona Diaries, I shared a lot of this. But, you know, I left for the Philippines and the world and came back to a completely different world 20 days later. And that, and you mentioned some things that ju just a few moments ago talking about, like, is every did everything that I work is everything that I've been working for for years? Did it just evaporate? Did it blow up? Did it turn into vapor? And not only did I, was I presented with these kind of questions myself, I was there with 180 employees basically asking me the same thing. And that, I mean, you talk about that resiliency, like we had to dig our heels into the sand and we had to be as realistic as possible about stuff. And at the same time, be creative. We had to be calm. We had to look at our options. We had to do a lot of work. You know, at one point, I think we had six or seven different contingency plans and options, which is, you know, if you talk about resiliency and looking at a lot of different things, you know, when you create six different plans of action, you realize that five of them are going in the trash. Yep. And, you know, and part of that, and, and then it was also things were very emotional. 
not, you know, that unknowing that like, I, I have never experienced a worldwide pandemic. We weren't sure what was going to occur. And we had to have a level of stability. We had to calculate risks and we had to look for different signals and, you know, basically adopt to the strategies that would ride the wave. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, and that's still a challenge. And you know, we've talked to other people that are in our space and it's very common for entrepreneurs now to talk to each other and say, well, how's everything going for you? And you talk to some people and they're like, man, I'm out, I'm done. I got crushed. And some people, I had to pivot. Some people are saying I, we did great. Some, some people were relatively unaffected. A company I invested in, uh, the owner sent me a message yesterday and said we had the best month in history last month. Like they're crushing it. So it's just all over the board. Yep. So, all right. You want to take the last item on the list? Absolutely. Integrity. And so I, I think this is, a big one coming back to earlier, kind of about being humble and some of the other things that, uh, you know, nobody wants to work with people they can't trust and having high integrity at the, at the high end is really important. Your employees trusting in you, you know, their own personal job security, stability, their family, all those things, right? They come to work every day and they trust that they're going to have a job and take care of their family. And they, they got to have, um, faith in the leader of the company, the managers of the company. And a lot of that comes down to integrity and believing in them that they will do the right thing. They will take care of their employees, all that stuff. And I mean, I guess a little bit now with COVID-19, there's a lot of companies where this whole part of this integrity part, we got some, some uh, owners of companies that are going out of their way to try to keep their employees at work, trying to keep their jobs, all that stuff. And then you got some others that have used this as just an excuse to just lay people off. And right. I mean, there's a lot of gray area there and, and maybe some of those, some, maybe that comp, some of those companies needed to trim some staff to begin with, but you know, now is not really the time to do that. If they can afford not to, I would, I would say if possible, you know, trying to keep the world going, but, um, integrity is a big thing. I think this is one of those, you know, at the beginning of the episode, we mentioned that some of these qualities you can't teach. I, I think that this is this integrity equals character. And as an adult, I mean, you can, I, I think that this is a built in quality. You talk about that trustability. Um, did you grow up with someone that was a shoplifter, you know, or just yeah. like, just wasn't a very trustable person? Yeah. Like, even, even 30 years later, would that stick in your head if that, if that person applied for a job with you? Absolutely. And, and integrity goes right. both ways as far as think about full scale and our customers, right? Like if, if we don't have good integrity and don't deliver to our customers what they want, Game they're over. not going to stay around. Yeah. They're gonna, we're going to get bad reviews, bad, you know, people are going to say yeah. bad things about us, all that stuff, right? So integrity is important not only with your employees, but with your customers and the community you're part of, all of that. I mean, just being not being an asshole and, and being, you know, true to your word and your customers. Yeah, I think the integrity, this is this is a, a very wide term again. And, you know, it's about doing the right thing. And here's the thing, though, is sometimes, you know, you mentioned layoffs and stuff like that. I personally don't put a lot of that action, a lot of those actions in the column of integrity. 
some of this stuff is is where I, I think people with high levels of integrity find themselves really challenged and have a hard time making some decisions because you said you want to do right by your people. And, but at the same time, if if five percent of them getting laid off saves saves the other ninety five percent. Absolutely. Is, is that, is that, a, but if you ask the 5% that laid off, got laid off, they might say, oh, he or she has no integrity. I, but that might not be the case. No, so I mean, you're absolutely right. Is- I mean, there are a lot of companies these days that have, have had to do that kind of stuff just to save the the rest of the jobs, right? Like it's the only way the company can survive and everybody else's jobs can survive. I mean, that, that's just inevitable at this point, but it definitely seems like there's some companies that have taken it too far was really my earlier point. Yeah, sure. I think sometimes integrity when it comes to clients and employees too is just doing what's right because sometimes things don't work out the way that you want, and you have to. I think integrity is say like, okay, we've had a. Um, I mean, it's very rare, but we've had a couple uh, situations at full scale where that we assign a team member to a client, and a month later realize that that wasn't the right placement. Go back and don't charge them for that time. Yeah, because. You know, or like, I mean, just some giving someone a, a refund. Now I'll go back to Gigabook. Uh, Gigabook, when it was when we were very early stages, and this is typical in software platforms, it's hard to stabilize everything. We actually had t- a, a, just one day where there was something wrong with the payment gateway, and it didn't collect people's money correctly. And I went back. I personally credited every payment that was missed. Wow. To our, to our users. Now we were really early. We didn't have a ton of users then, but there was still a couple thousand dollars. Now I didn't have to do that. And I'm sure some of those people actually went back and were able to correct the payment issue from their clients or customers. And if they did that, they got to keep the money. But I realized at that point that that was an error that we had made that what, you know, we had a a small batch of initial users and it shouldn't have been on them. And that was like a level, I, I, I never went back and saw how many of them stuck around as users, but I have a feeling most of them did because that, like I said, that wasn't, that was an integrity move that needed to occur. There's Um, some good karma there. Well, speaking of integrity, you know, the the sponsor of today's episode really made a great impression on us when we did an episode about do I need a CFO? So I, I really liked Mike. I really liked their business. I really liked everything that they were doing. And I felt very confident in having them be our fractional CFO. So go to crowncfo.com forward slash hustle if you want to learn more about it. Um, having people with integrity that handle your money is a good idea. Seems pretty important. Yeah. Yeah, like pretty big. So, all right. So going back, we got eight qualities here that we went through. And those were passionate, confident, creative, disciplined, humble, having great people skills, resilience, and integrity. Which one Which one are you the best at? Well, so I think a few of these are natural. Uh, you know, you're kind of born with them, right? Like integrity, humble, good people skills. You know, a lot of these, I think they can just be general personality traits. Um, the one I'm probably the best at is being creative, and worst is probably got to be disciplined. You know, I'm going to match be my you best on that. Worst. I, I feel Uh-oh, the same. That's not good. On many, well, I mean, but it's similar, but it's for for different things. You know, different things. Um, I don't know. I'm up there. With, uh, passionate 
is up there for me. Um, mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because sometimes you describe me as emotional and I'm like, I'm not emotional, Matt. I'm just passionate. Uh, but you know, which one are you the worst? So you're the worst at discipline. I would say so. I think that's the hardest one. So when it comes to discipline, one of the things that, uh, you know, I think that can also just be distracted. And that, that, that's why I said for me is sometimes is, and that's tough. And, you know, disciplined is, oh, all right, one more. So which of these two do you think are the, if you have to put an unlikely pair together, I'm going with confidence and humble. Mm, Yeah. So where's your oil and water here? Mm. That's a tough one. I think you got the easy one. Well, you can match it if you need. You can admit that I'm right. Um, <laughs> Does that go well with humble? I don't know. I'm struggling here. I don't have an answer. Do you see the point, though? Like when you talk about confident and humble, like I think that those. Yes. Are, it's it's difficult to do both. I and, agree and on that one. I think. I think one thing that as we close this episode out, you know, is a lot of these things that a lot of these are labels that um, you're never going to truly answer whether you are or not. And, you know, we've talked about things like guru status and all this different stuff. And, you know, really in the end, like you have to make the determination about where you stand on all this stuff. Everything else is an outside judgment, which means no, that, that you're never going to get a unanimous decision. Um, as an entrepreneur and a leader, sometimes when you're doing the best job you can, not everybody loves you, which is something that a lot of people struggle with in leadership is like the difference between wanting to be a good leader and being liked. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those are a challenge sometimes because you sometimes have to make unpopular decisions. I have to make them. I don't want to say all the time, but regularly, I mean, that's just part of being an entrepreneur and you know, that's the, that's the thing that, that can be a struggle. So well, hopefully this was, hopefully you as a listener are emulating these qualities of successful entrepreneurs. I'm going to get back to figuring out how to try to be humble, Matt. All I'll right, man. Thanks. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.